Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ catch up with Sebastian Opperman, vice president of marketing at Ionis. He discusses the expansive responsibilities of his role as VP for the cloud service provider. He also offers an insight on the differences between privacy standards in the EU and the US. AJ's still great at tennis and Vincent still some thunder. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Marketing Stir. I am in a great mood as usual. I've got my lumberjack holiday shirt on. So of course that means I'm happy. Only people who with who are happy wear shirts like this, I think at least. But it is so good to be back with an upper, another episode of The Marketing Stir. I am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista. Really quick about Starista, we are an identity marketing company. We have our own B2B data, our own B2C data. Customers utilize us to target that data, email marketing, display, OTT, CTV. You want new customers? call Starista or email me at vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am that we can help you. I just gave you my email address to all of our wonderful, wonderful, and always growing listeners. Also wonderful, wonderful is a great word to use this time of year, is my co-host, the founder, the CEO of Starista. Ladies and gentlemen, off of his recent tennis championship. I know he's going to talk about that. He loves tennis so much. Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent, you stole my thunder there. <laughs> I knew you, I, I gave you a nice little segue. I knew you were going to talk about it. How, so tell us about, because the, the viewers, the listeners know about your tennis, your ups and downs, right? Hurting yourself, but the championships, this guy's on fire. Tell yeah, us no, about the most recent this one. Was a, this was the big one. Normally it's a, kind of a small weekend tournament. This one is played over kind of three months, 12 weekends. So uh, we had the finals this uh, past weekend and uh, I got to say, playing in the 18 plus division, I'm increasingly feeling closer to your age, Vincent. So, <laughs> oh, gotta, man. Got a hurt well, ankle, got a hurt wrist, but I, I am glad it's over and it ended on a good note. But I'm also ready to uh, rest and eat for the next month before the well, next season. After my that age comment, I'm glad I stole a little bit of your thunder, <laughs> sir. So th take that. Well, no, that's awesome. I saw the photos on the Starista page. That is, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. We love uh, love to see that on the Starista page. Also, exciting news, ladies and gentlemen. Our first guest hailing from Germany, calling in from Germany. We appreciate that he's taken some time. Love to get his take on what his company is doing. We are very happy to introduce you to our next guest on the Marketing Stir. He is the Vice President of Marketing at Ionis. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sebastian Opperman. What's going on, Sebastian? Hi, Vince. Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. And to see your lumberjack uh, shirt, amazing, huh? And uh, <laughs> for the tournament, um, I'm also a tennis uh, addict. So yeah. maybe you have a match uh, 
when all the COVID stuff is over or at least handled. Very cool. We'll have to have a, a Starista versus a Sebastian and partner match. So absolutely. <laughs> That'd be great. See, there's a, there was a method to my madness and my thunder. I knew Sebastian loved tennis. Come on. <laughs> I do my research. We have a crack team of producers here at the Marketing Stir. Sebastian, thank you so much for calling in. You and I had a chance to chat a couple weeks ago, and I just loved what you're doing. I loved your take on marketing and international marketing. I love what Ionis is doing. I know that the plans eventually penetrate the United States as far as, you know, marketing and getting the word out. But for those of you listening who don't know Ionis, please tell us about the organization there, Sebastian. And then if you could, another question, tell us about your role specifically within the organization. Sure, sure. happy to do so. So Ionis is the leading European provider of hosting and uh, cloud uh, services and, and cloud infrastructure. So we have 8 million contracts uh, are 20 years or 20 plus years in the market. And basically are the new brand that is coming out of one-on-one -on -one internet and the YAS company uh, ProfitBricks. So and within Yonos, there's Yonos Cloud, which is infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, and it's the high growth business. So basically the, the business that should carry the future. So that's a bit about Yonos and Yonos Cloud, um, about my role. If you look at my role in terms of objectives, then we're talking awareness, brand building, demand identification, and importantly, lead generation. Yeah? So creating turnover. And if you think it from tasks or teams, then we're talking campaign marketing, including paid and advertising, events, content, social media, copywriting, technical marketing, lead nurturing, channel and partner marketing, and of course, website management and PR. So quite a bunch, uh, okay. So Sebastian, how is the pandemic affecting Germany and in particular your business right now? Yeah, so the pandemic of course is affecting Germany. I mean, and depending on which business you're in, it's either, I mean, really negatively impacting. So if you have a hotel business, if you're in culture, you're out of business, you're closed. Um, if you provide something that is still used, like, you know, uh, regular food retailers, you're doing fine. Um, if you're providing digital services, you're probably even doing better. And we are having uh, a very good year so far. So that's great. Of course, some of our customers are having issues ordering less. Others are ordering more. And, and, and many are getting into the digital world and, and, and therefore are looking for hosting and cloud services. Huh? Sebastian, how did you get into this uh, crazy marketing world to begin with? Oh. Uh, I always, you know, uh, love packaging and, and the products in the store and, and, and understanding what people want and, and why they buy it, building brands communicating. So, and, and that's why I started in FMCG, you know, where it's all quite tangible and I would say on the surface, at least easy to understand. And that's how I started with Procter & Gamble, you know, fast moving consumer goods, daily products like toothpaste or Pringles or Pampers. Um, and, and, and where you build 
I would say, uh, profitable growth strategies based on a superior understanding of the market, and then, you know, building brands that consumers want with products that uh, that do their job. And, you know, Sebastian, I wanted to talk about that because, you know, you look at your your history, it's like you said, Procter & Gamble, it's Mars, it's, uh, you know, Pringles, and then now being, you know, at a different industry in marketing. But what's what's that been like? What's the been the biggest pivot for you? Yeah. So of course it's it's very different to if if you compare, you change a job within P and G. You change a brand. So same company, same structures, similar people, still new stuff. That's one thing. But then if you go from an global FMCG blue chip to a mid-sized German e-commerce or hosting company. That's a completely different business, business model, different people. That's that's quite a steep learning curve. So in the beginning, that's that's difficult um, because you have to learn a lot of new stuff and people are talking about things you don't understand. But, you know, you're, you're also bringing stuff to the table. And, and that's why I always say why it's good to have a mixed uh, team. If, if everybody knows the same, then where's the growth? So when when I came to Strato or when I come to a business that I don't understand that well yet, then first of all, I need to be open and learn from the people. And I think that's always good as a manager, be open and listen and learn, because usually there are people who, who know what they're doing. But then also, you probably have some strengths that you bring to the, to the table, right? Either from your personality, because you're good at something, or because at the company where you were before, you have learned some, I would say, gold standards or best practices. So, for example, if you're coming from P&G or Mars, you probably know the one-on-one -on -one from brand building and communication, and you can bring this to your new team. And then while you bring your, I would say, best practices and your personal strengths, you have to learn uh, the new tricks of the industry uh, that you're in. And I would love to hear more about, you know, Ionis Cloud, you know, which is a pr product line. Is that mainly what your department is responsible for? And uh, yes, that, that question there, but also tell us about what countries you're responsible for marketing into. So, yes, uh, my team and, and I, we are, we are running marketing and PR for, for Ionis Cloud. So for infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, um, which is compute and storage, quite some technical stuff. So depending on the audience, they either say like, what the heck is that? Or they say, they might be nodding. Um, we are German based. So our home market is Germany, but we are also in the UK and in the US. Um, we are international. So you can, you can subscribe to our business or uh, use our business anywhere. Naturally, when we have high growth ambitions, we will expand internationally and there is more to come, you know, because our, I would say, bigger company, the Jonas company is all over Europe plus the, uh, North America. And that's probably what we're also uh, targeting, you know, would, would make a lot of sense. And Sebastian, we noticed on your LinkedIn profile, you've uh, lived in quite a few different countries. Um, what's been kind of a 
city that you love uh, visiting and uh, working in? So probably the two highlights, though very, very different, were Tel Aviv and Geneva. Uh, Tel Aviv is an amazing place. I mean, it's a, it's a great city directly on the beach, superb weather, lots of young people. You can do whatever you want at any time, you know, eating, going out, partying, um, and, and lots of stuff happening. It's a technology place. So Tel Aviv, it's a bit of an island, uh, given the political situation. Uh, but for me, it was an amazing place with an amazing speed. Um, I can only recommend people to, to visit it because there's also a lot of history, right? You can go to Jerusalem. I mean, great place and uh, great people. Uh, Geneva is a bit slower, <laughs> a bit less happening. Uh, it often feels that things are more closed than open. It's so the opposite of Tel Aviv. But in terms of nature and quality of life, you know, with the Alps, the lake, France and Italy around, you're in the heart of Europe. It's one of the most beautiful uh, places in Europe from a nature uh, and scenery point of view. And very, very international. I mean, you have the UN there. It has a headquarter in Geneva. You have many international organizations and companies like Propter, like Caterpillar. Um, so even though it's a small city, a few hundred thousand people, it is pretty international. In looking ahead, since the year is almost coming to an end in 2020, uh, what do you have going on in your marketing department that you're looking forward to for 2021? Yeah. So, as I said, we are a business with high ambitions. We have been growing strongly and we're going to grow even uh, stronger. We're building and growing the team. And, and, and to create that together with uh, the team to, to improve how we are doing marketing, to improve our processes, to be more data-driven, more automated, understanding the market better, providing better content to our you know, prospects and, and, and yeah, bringing them to, I would say, our great value proposition of, of Jonas uh, Cloud. Um, is, is, is exciting. It's an exciting time um, because a lot has happened in 2020 and I think the speed will only accelerate in, in 21. And you, you touched upon something I, I would love to hear more about, Sebastian, about data. We are, we are obsessed with data here at Starista. What's the importance that your company puts on data and where do you see data fitting into 2021 growth? I mean, first of all, uh, data is what our company is all about, right? I mean, we're, we're storing data, we're computing data. Um, if there wouldn't be data, we wouldn't have a business model. So, <laughs> so that's important. Now, um, naturally, you know, we, we want to be data-driven, ROI-driven. Uh, we want to automate uh, our processes so that we can focus on creativity and strategy as much as possible and, and, and get away from from manual tasks, but of course also us, we are on a journey. Huh? I mean, uh, things are far from perfect, um, both in terms of the processes that we have or the software we're using or the website we have. So, but it's important to, to know where you're heading and, and, to, and to make it better every day. And I think this is where 
the business is on a good uh, on a good journey uh, this year and 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 hopefully also uh, in the years to come. Mm-hmm. And we get into the nitty gritty here on the marketing stir. A lot of people who are listening to us are marketing professionals, sales professionals. So Sebastian, tell the audience what specific marketing techniques and tools are you using? You know, you mentioned lead generation, but are you doing account-based marketing? Are you using email marketing? Are you using display to generate leads? So we are using quite a spectrum. As, as Jonas is uh, a new brand, I mean, has been, as I mentioned, it has been named uh, called One and One before. Now we are Jonas, so you have to establish the brand. Now that this former hosting company is also offering cloud infrastructure, we have to get known in the industry. So naturally, doing awareness and brand building is an important part. Therefore, we do display, we do content, we do uh, social media. So we need to get known, uh, known and also perceived as a viable option. Therefore, we use reports and third parties who certify and testify that we know what we are doing and that we are a viable or even superior alternative to some of the uh, bigger you know, contenders uh, out there. And then, as I said, we are B2B business, so awareness is not everything. We, we have to get the leads in. It's a B2B product. It's not something that you buy on the checkout cache, you know, in, in Walmart. Something that can take three, six, or even more months uh, to get a signature. So we have a, we have a funnel. And uh, therefore, naturally, content is important. We need to um, provide content about the industry, the business, but also ourselves to, to our prospects and, and customers and add value and then get them in contact with sales uh, uh, accountants and the executives like, like you do um, to, to see, okay, what is your need? How can we help you? Um, especially as our service is not just, you know, uh, you click and you use, but we also uh, do customized uh, projects. And, and I think this is where we're different to some of the big ones where you basically the product is a product we have a high service orientation and, and that's important to get in front of uh, the customers. Sebastian, do you have kind of favorite CRM or marketing automation or marketing tools in general uh, that you personally like and that your company uses? Ah, I should have done a uh, little sponsorship deal with one of them before this uh, podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have known that. Um, I think it always depends on what your needs are and uh, what you have. I mean, we are now having also the conversation, you know, we're using different um, services or softwares in our businesses. Uh, Some of that is need driven and some of that is historic. And then you have invested and to jump from A to B, even if B might be, you know, better if you start on a green field or on a blank sheet, you have uh, some sunk cost and some investment. And uh, usually the new, the new software doesn't run as of day one, right? So it's always difficult to change and you change only if you really uh, have a need and, and an obvious advantage. I think there's some, some good stuff out there like HubSpot, like Hootsuite, um, Marketo. Um, but it's a, 
I think a mixture of personal preference, what you're used to, because human beings are, I say, um, animals of, of, of having habits. Huh? When you used to drink your tea at seven o'clock, you're used to drinking your tea at seven o'clock. And then eight o'clock coffee doesn't work for you. Um, so, and, and we need to make sure that our habits are not holding us back and that we are doing the right thing without always starting from scratch every year because you can't run after every software just because it's 5% better. And Sebastian, in the US, uh, prospecting is relatively easy. Our can't spam laws are uh, fairly favorable to the marketers. Uh, with our European counterparts, we always hear about GDPR and some of the effects uh, that has on prospecting. So has that been a big change for the marketing teams in Europe? Yes. Yes, uh, I mean, in, in Germany, we always had quite high levels in terms of uh, data privacy and, 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 and laws. So it was less of a change for us. But of course, even in Germany, the European legislation and all the requirements that came with it um, have meant a change, you know, with double opt-in and also working with providers. Where do they get their data from? What do they do with the data? Now with the um, Cloud Act uh, of the US, you know, being in contradiction with GDPR. So, yeah, it is, uh, I think it's good if, if uh, people, if, if consumers, if customers uh, have rights on their data. Uh, but international business is, is not easy by those, I would say, two different worlds huh, in the US and uh, in Europe. Sebastian, was in-person trade shows a big thing for Ionis? Is that, was that something that you've done in the past for uh, lead generation? And if so, uh, what have you done to kind of pivot? So uh, yes, absolutely. You know, we have complex products where there's also quite a, a bill or an invest in the end. Of course, you can stop any month or any time, but still, you know, uh, it's, it's not like a $50 uh, product. So naturally, uh, trade shows and, and physical events have been important uh, to, to present the company, to create trust, to explain the product, to build a relationship. And both in quantity and in quality, um, those events have been important uh, lead generators for the marketing and sales. You know? once, once a customer or prospect has been in contact with a sales uh, colleague, you know, who has explained the product, established a relationship. It's different to work with that prospect or that potential customer from there than if somebody who just downloaded a white paper or attended a webinar. So what we had to do is, first of all, there was a, a big hole that we had to fill like everybody else. So we, pivoted to um, online events and, and did our learnings uh, uh, there. And yeah, you get leads there, but obviously not the same quality. At the same time, it's not the same effort, right? Not everybody now has to travel from Hamburg to, to another city, be there two days or whatever, be in a hotel. Now it's just uh, an hour, two hours, a few hours, and, uh, and that's it, and, and no travel. So it's easier but the quality is a bit less. 
And of course, we we also geared up our other uh, channels for lead generation, working with external partners, you know, um, companies who provide external leads, but also our own efforts in terms of webinars, in terms of um, white papers, uh, case studies that we that we offer. Yeah, I know it, it, it was a big thing for us to kind of travel and to go to trade shows. We've been doing some virtual events. And actually, this Friday, we're doing our first virtual client summit, partner summit, bringing in some speakers, bringing in some entertainment. That is so that's actually going to happen at 930 Central. I will send you an invite, Sebastian, to see if you can make it. It's uh, for everyone. It's free. Some thought leaders, some major companies here are going to be on it. So uh, I, I'll extend that to you. But Sebastian, talk to me about the sometimes never-ending battle of sales and marketing, right? You always hear that battle. How have you as the VP of marketing there worked closely with sales and what do you recommend to people listening? Yeah, I think it's naturally marketing and sales on one hand wants the same thing. And on the other hand, you know, I like cat and dog. Eh? Um, we both need the turnover, need the growth, want customers are outside oriented. So a lot of, you know, I would say commonalities, but then uh, different uh, approaches. Eh? Um, so I think what, what helps is if you have uh, the same goals. So for example, if, if all the functions are measured by turnover, profit, and cash, then at least you know what is important. And then you still might have different opinions on how to get there, but it makes conversation easier than if sales, for example, would be uh, just um, rewarded by turnover. Uh, finance by profit, marketing by new initiatives out, because then everybody is pulling in a different direction. So I think it's important that the company aligns on the functions, what is important. And then it's about, um, yeah, agreeing what we need from each other, you know. Um, in the end, we need to support our sales colleagues with, with materials so that they can have more effective conversations uh, with their customers. We need to provide them with, with case studies on the other end, I mean, written case studies, but the case studies in the other end come, come from our sales colleagues because they are in contact with the customers. Um, and, and, and they have really the ear in the market. So they also need to tell us, you know, what's going on in the market. So, so that we are, yeah, we, we, we need to think in, uh, in both uh, ways, yeah. Ashin, what's been kind of a career highlight for you? You've worked at some great companies and held some very important positions. What's something you've done that you're particularly proud of? Uh, I think that's a, you know, kind of mother or father question. You know, whom, whom do you love more? <laughs> <laughs> um, because I think there's many amazing moments, you know, with, with, with great teams and great uh, 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 colleagues. And it's, and it's difficult to bring them in order, but probably two that would come to mind is uh, one even at Strato because it's more recent, you know, I mean, in four and a half years at Strato, it's not so long ago. I think what we achieved from a business perspective, marketing success 
and as a team and organization, I think has been amazing. So if you look at that, I mean, the, the company within those four years doubled its value and really step changed revenue, profit and cash. So that's from a business perspective. From a marketing perspective, I mean, we more than doubled awareness and, and brand perception and consequently traffic, which then brings, you know, the turnover, the customers. But also as a team and as an organization, we really transformed, you know, from an organization that was really in silos, that was top down. Uh, we moved to a really cross-functional and, and, and bi-directional. So ideas can come from anywhere, right? Uh, ownership is, is, is everywhere. And from a typical technical company inside out to outside in, so more customer focused. And also, I mean, if you think of subscription businesses of telco, of telco you probably don't think of fairness, transparency, and uh, uh, customer orientation, right? And that's something that we also brought on the agenda. So, for example, at, at Strato, you won't find any fine print. So, it, we we have tried to make the, the the business a bit fairer, transparent, and and simpler. So, I think that has been, I think, a great time and a great achievement. But similar, if you go back to to Tel Aviv, to to Israel where we were a small and young team and we turned around an iconic brand like uh, like Pampers, yeah, that was really on the brink, brink of extinction and, and, and we made it a shining star again. So different, very difficult to compare those things, great achievements all in themselves with lots of hard work and uh, some difficult times and some yeah, great uh, party at the end, you know, or in between. And Sebastian, what does the marketing team look like for you? What are some of the key positions uh, within the uh, department? Yeah. So basically we have uh, three teams, not of equal size. We have what we call campaign marketing, where we do uh, awareness building, demand identification and, and, and uh, lead generation. We have the website management team and we have PR. And PR is an important piece for us, of course, in, in B2B uh, uh, business. And within campaign marketing, yeah, we have all the, the topics that I mentioned uh, earlier, from classical paid campaigns to content creation, social media, copywriting, uh, CRM, uh, what else do we have? Yeah, technical marketing, the lead nurturing, but also, you know, working through channels and partners because yes, people can buy the product on our website. Yes, we have built up a field sales force uh, this year, but also there is um, our uh, channel partners who do uh, selling also for us and are selling our products, adding value uh, to it. Uh, who is an important uh, a base to do marketing to. Yeah. Sebastian, I always like to ask this question, especially with guests who are marketing internationally. And I know it's probably going to be, I'll put you on the spot sort of question, but what have you known, your, your experiences, your travels, some of the glaring differences of how people prefer their marketing, say in Germany, uh, the US, 
uh, maybe other areas. Uh, and, and while you're thinking about that, I'll give you an example. We were talking to someone the other day uh, who represents IMAX. IMAX is the theater experience, the movies. And he was saying when he was in Japan that they love on uh, products that have a lot of verbiage. They want to know, get everything in the know. Whereas sometimes in the U.S., it's more we're driven by the imagery and the packaging, perhaps. So what can you give me some examples that you've noticed how people maybe consume Pampers in Germany or look at marketing differently? Yeah. So when I was uh, with Mars, um, and I was responsible for food in, in Europe, um, looking at the three big markets, UK, France, and Germany was very interesting. Um, and here, especially the French uh, stood out because for them, conviviality was an important thing. So it was not enough to talk about, you know, the product is great tasting or so on. You needed to show it in context and it needed to enable conviviality because for them, it was people coming together sitting around a table, you know, uh, it was never enough to just have a great tasting product. You needed to show the people and the conviviality and coming around, uh, coming together. Um, then on the other hand, if, when we did advertising in, in, in Israel, it was all a bit bigger, bolder, faster. It was a bit, you know, they, they very much look towards the US. Uh, it's for them, I would say, uh, the number one uh, country. So here, being shy or modest was not a good approach. Yeah, you always needed to stand out and uh, make your case and uh, yeah, be bold and courageous. I love that. Thank you. I know I just I just threw that at you and you, you answered it beautifully. I was always curious about that. I I remember vividly going to France and and Paris specifically, and all the stores like the products are the packaging is so pristine it stands out it's uh it, it's amazing i always love one of the things i love doing is going to different grocery stores uh food markets in different countries and just seeing the packaging uh, also like uh pharmacies as well i like doing that i went off on a tangent there but these are things that i like so i wanted to bring them up uh and another thing a simpler question right LinkedIn. This is our signature question on the marketing stir. LinkedIn, you're on LinkedIn. We met that way, Sebastian. And you, with your title, vice president of marketing, you're probably getting a ton of messages from everyone. What's a LinkedIn message that Sebastian says, sure, I'll accept it. I'll take a meeting. I'll learn more about your product. And then what's one that you just hate seeing a pet peeve, if you will? Yeah. Um, let's start, if you like, because I'm German, let's start on the negative side. Um, <laughs> and then work it from there by the other way around. <laughs> That's the best. Okay. I know, you know, the U.S. is always so positive. You know, everything is possible. We always see <laughs> yeah. the so let's start from there. Um, so if, if people are extremely pushy, you know, like I've, I haven't met them. They're not Bill Gates. They're not offering uh, a world peace. But in the first three lines, I was, hey, I have this, I am that. Um, do you have time tomorrow? <laughs> so being so pushy, you know, in terms of what you want and when you want it, 
uh, without, you know, offering world peace or being Bill Gates. That's, you know, for me a bit too much. And also when you, people promise, you know, false things that they in the end don't keep, that's uh, very disappointing. Yeah. Um, so on the other hand, if, if people just say, hey, I see uh, commonalities here, let's connect, and then they leave it there, or they have an interesting idea, or I see how they provide value, or they give me something. And, and I don't mean, you know, a pet or a bribery, but something of that has value for me. You know, I haven't, I've seen you, you, you work in that, or you're interested in that. I think this is an interesting paper. Why don't you have a look? And then you take it from there. For me, it's a bit like dating, you know? When you go to a bar, you don't ask the million dollar question as your, as your intro, right? You do a bit of, I mean, maybe at, at five o'clock in the morning and after 10 drinks, you do that. But in a regular conversation during daytime, you do, you do a little dance. And I think yeah. that's what you also need to do there without wasting people's time. And you need to give something, you need to offer something. Um, on the other hand, if people are just also honest, you know, so for example, I also get contacted by smaller companies or startups. They're like, hey, listen, um, we have this product. It's really nice. Uh, we're making good progress, but we have one issue or we can't solve that. I've seen you have this and this experience. Can I talk to you for half an hour or get your thoughts on that? Now, as I'm not Elon Musk, I don't get 100 requests like that a day. So I can do that from time to time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a combination of these things, you know, be, be honest, uh, add some value and uh, be a bit respectful. It's a bit like dating, huh? Yeah, I like, I like, the, I like the 5 a.m. reference. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think bars are open a little later in Germany. <laughs> so Sebastian, on a personal note, uh, wh what do you like to do for fun? Anything new you've picked up over quarantine as a hobby? Uh, I have, uh, so, so beside my work, I live together with uh, four females, um, of which one is my spouse and three girls. So that's my first uh, hobby, if you want to. <laughs> uh, then we have a few pets here, two, two horses, a dog, and four, what's it, what is called in English, um, guinea pigs. Mm. Oh, so wow. that's a lot to do. And then tennis, of course, so I love sport. I mean, I, I come from sport, so... You know, and, and if everything is closed in this lockdown, you go out, you run, you know, you do your exercises. Uh, if the court is open, you, you play some tennis. So, and, and then if, if you're allowed to, you meet friends virtually or in reality. And uh, if nothing helps, you have a beer or wine. <laughs> and, and then what are some of kind of the popular social media or streaming websites that... Uh, uh, Germans like to use and get on. I, I'm wondering if they're similar to the U.S. or you guys have some unique services there. I think they're absolutely, I mean, the big ones are absolutely the same. There's, there's no difference. Maybe there's a difference in, you know, in ranking, in order, but it has the same. Then if you have special interests, there might be some locals, but uh, in general, it's it's the same, huh? um, especially if you're part of the Western Hemisphere. 
it's it's not Russia, it's not China, where you have some um, specific uh, sites or providers. Gotcha. But uh, it's the same. Yep. So, so speaking of some of those sites, Spotify is where you could consume the marketing stir. iTunes, you can go directly to the marketing stir. Sebastian, this has been awesome. That is our time. You, uh, We appreciate the insight, the take on international marketing. We love what you're doing. We love what Ionis is doing. Uh, check out Ionis Cloud. Reach out to Sebastian. Learn more about the wonderful things that they're doing. Uh, this has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. That's Sebastian Opperman. He is the Vice President of Marketing at Ionis. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.